Welcome to the Explorer Blogcast. My name is Winston Sheck, and I'm the host for today. This episode, we'll be covering many interesting topics, including interviewing Mr. Gano, a volunteer at the Military Aviation Museum in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Additionally, we'll be talking about Delta and Lateum. What's happening with them? We'll have coverage on reparation flights from all across the globe, including Vietnam Airlines and Pakistan International Airlines. And we know that Delta will retire their MD-80, but they will retire their 777 as well. More on that later. And last week, we covered the top 10 plane spotting airports in the United States. But this week, to continue on, we'll be listing the top 10 airports to plane spot in the world. Stay tuned. Here is our The Explore Blogcast. Hi, my name is Tosa, and today we will be interviewing Mr. Gnu. Yes, I am Michael Gano. I am head of Raptor Geno Photography. I'm 26 years old, and I live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. Oh, uh, that's great. So what got you into aviation? Honestly, both my mom and dad worked in the Air Force before I was born, of course. And my dad did security forces and my mom did air traffic control. So definitely already there. And then when I was a kid, my dad got me on the wings of F-15s and F-16s at Buckley. So that started everything. And Buckley is located in which state? In case the Colorado. Hmm. Aurora, Colorado to be exact. And how does it feel being surrounded by these historic warbirds? Uh, I mean, it's definitely an honor because, I mean, not every day you get to go to an aviation museum and sit up close and personal with old warbirds uh, like the Mustang, the Corsair, the BF-109, FW-190s. I mean, there's just amazing amount of history just sitting in one little place here in Virginia. That's great. Now, considering the amount of awesome photos you have on your Instagram page, what are your favorite moments plane spotting in general? Honestly, it has to be and a huge shout out to... Second Lieutenant Sam, God, I can't say his last name right now, but he uh, invited me out to Raptor demo practice right before they went to Oshkosh last year. And just being on the flight line, getting the red carpet treatment was amazing. And what was like the most saddest or maybe like, the most upsetting moment in your spotting career? Uh, probably has to be, I ran all the way from Hampton to Norfolk. And if you live in the Hampton Roads area, you understand my pain. We have to go through a bridge tunnel. Uh-huh. That was the saddest part of that whole entire journey. And then we went to Norfolk International to capture a, a mega tanker taking off. And I waited, waited, waited 20, 50 minutes, waited, waited, didn't move. So I decided to go ahead. I got stuff to do. I left uh-huh. and I went around the airport and it was right there, right in front of my face, taking off. I couldn't get my camera out in time. I was oh. so upset. Uh, that must have yikes. Uh, so, uh, now obviously, I know you're a very experienced spotter on Instagram. So, uh, any advice for people going to military spotting? Uh, definitely, if military police tells you to leave, do not argue with any police, especially military police. Do what they tell you to do and just try to find another location that's not anywhere close to the property of the base. Because they can and will stop you if you're looking suspicious. So definitely, by all means, listen to them. Be mindful of other people because they are always watching you. And um, try to be on your P's and Q's because you never know who is watching and what is watching. Mr. Gnu, so we heard before that you spotted at Dallas International Airport. Are there any differences between airline spotting and military spotting? I mean, definitely commercial spotting 
is a little bit different because you got a direct path where the plane comes into. Military aviation is just wild because you never know. With where I live, I live near Langley, so I spot raptors mostly, hence raptor Gino. With raptors, you never know. Something could happen and they could hit the hard deck and just fly off really quick. Where uh, commercial spotting, you don't really get that many opportunities to do stuff like that. And plus, no offense to the commercial spotters, they're probably great, but the plane does like one thing and one thing only. Military spotting, you can have four raptors fly over you, where commercials is just really one plane coming in and going, coming in and going. Hmm. You previously mentioned that obviously, like when you're spotting at a military base, when a military police officer comes, they should leave. So spotting at Air Force bases were like extra security precautions that would need to be taken as opposed to at commercial airports. Oh, definitely. I mean, don't do this at home, kids. Trust me. One day I was spotting at Langley and I was on top of my trucks, just standing on top of my truck off to the side of the road, not even on Air Force property. And uh, I had security forces come up to me and tell me, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just taking photos of the Raptors, to be honest with you. They said, that's cool and all, but you're making a scene. We got to ask you to leave. So I left. So they are definitely very, very extra security around Air Force bases or any military bases. But I mean, you just got to know which base to go to because like, for instance, Oceana has a dedicated spot for viewing the jets. Langley does not. So Mike, what do you think about the F-22 Raptors? Do you think they are obsolete or do you think they might need improvements? I mean, they're definitely nowhere close to being obsolete. They definitely need to upgrade them to match the F-35's compatibility, but they're doing great. And um, I mean, definitely anybody who says that the Raptor is obsolete, I mean, they just don't know airplanes, to be honest with you. Because I mean, definitely it's a 1980s design. First flew in 1997. Man, I was three years old. Wow. Um, <laughs> And then it was combat ready in 2005, and it was combat ready here at Langley. I was actually very honored. Didn't have a camera back then, but honored to see the first Raptors when they flew in. So that's what's got me hooked onto them. So, Mike, working at the Military Aviation Museum, and I know you have experience for saying this, what would you say to people who look at warbirds and just say they're just old birds, old planes that no one knows about? What do you think people and spies alike should pay attention more to it? I mean, definitely with warbirds, they are the grandfather of the planes they love today. So without the Mustang, without the Corsair, you wouldn't have the F-18, you wouldn't have the Raptor. You wouldn't have the F-15. You wouldn't have the F-86. So, I mean, warbirds are unique in that aspect. And, I mean, definitely, if you love aviation, you should love all of it, no matter what. Uh, yeah, I give commercial aviation spotters a hard time because I am a military spotter, but I still spot them when there is no military aviation flying. So, everybody's got to learn how to just respect everybody. I mean, I don't know why all these communities are fighting. We are all in oneness together because we are all AV geeks. So with that being said, don't sleep on warbirds just because they're old, slow. Be honored that they're still flying to this day because without like the Military Aviation Museum, the commemorative Air Force, a lot of these warbirds wouldn't be flying. We would have a lost generation just sitting there doing nothing but collecting dust. And I hate seeing old warbirds collect dust. Yeah, I think that's very wholesome. Are there any aircrafts you would like to mention or give a shout out? Maybe just like staff members at the museum you would like to say for this podcast? Oh, definitely got to give a shout out to uh, my good friend who got me started with volunteering there, which is Dave. He's known as Little Dave at the museum. He's one of our German knowledgeable guys. So he's always in cockpits. Uh, his room is filled with nothing but German aircraft actual German aircraft parts. Uh, another person definitely is going to be 
the director, Keegan, he's a good guy. He started not too long before the coronavirus hit, and uh, he's just been running ideas and just making the museum just a more enjoyable place for everybody, including kids like my, I know, um, young kids, kids that are um, a little bit younger than me, like 18-ish, and then, of course, for young adults like myself and older adults. So he's just trying to bring up and get the museum to where it needs to be so we can showcase all our warbirds all across the U.S. is the goal. Uh, so I'm sure that every military aviation spotter has a favorite warbird or aircraft. What is your favorite warbird or aircraft? Definitely modern day aircraft, of course, is the Raptor. I, I can't say much more than that because that <laughs> is the best airplane to me. But definitely warbird wise, I know it sounds crazy enough, but I gotta love that BF-109 at the museum. It is just mm -hmm. gorgeous. Does it have like a unique history behind it? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it started off as a Spanish bird. And then once mm -hmm. our museum got it, we chopped it down, made it into a G4 model, uh, mm -hmm. got the original engine for it. So it's got the DB605 in it, and that thing springs past you. It makes the back of your neck hair stand up. Oh, wow. An interesting story about that, uh, the DB605. It actually came from BF110. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Gnu, for your time. It was a pleasure having you on our show, and be sure to check out his awesome thoughts on his Instagram, at Raptor Photography. It was an um, honor having me here, and I uh, look forward to doing any others that you want. Yes, thank you very much. We truly thank Mr. Gunnow, and be sure to check out the Military Aviation Museum in uh, Virginia Beach. So LaTom previously partnered with American Airlines, but now they have switched to Delta, and they're to form a joint venture. And with that, we go to Tejas Bhatia. So my name is Tejas, or at DTX Jets, and last week, Delta Airlines signed a joint venture partner agreement with the South American airline group, LATAM. According to the Business Traveler, the joint venture agreement will operate across both of the carriers' route networks between North and South America. This is just the latest in a series of partnerships between the two airlines. Last year, Delta said it would acquire a 20% stake in the airline. On May 1st, 2020, LATAM left the One World Alliance. Previously, LATAM had partnership agreements with American Airlines, one of the leading members of the One World Alliance. With LATAM leaving the alliance and Delta partnering in the new joint venture agreement, American Airlines has been hit hard. Delta used to own stock in another South American carrier named Gold, but late last year, they sold off their stake in Gold after it took stake in LATAM. Delta CEO Ed Bastian said, quote, Late last year, we set out to build the leading strategic alliance in Latin America, and together with LATAM, while the industry landscape has changed, our commitment to this joint venture is as strong as ever. Even as our carriers contend with the impact of COVID-19 on our businesses and take steps to protect the safety of all our customers and employees, we're also building the airline alliance we know that they'll want to fly in the future. The CEO of LATAM Airlines, Robert Alvo, also stated that, quote, while we remain focused on navigating the COVID-19 crisis and protecting the safety and well-being of our passengers and employees, we also have to look to the future to ensure the best possible customer experience and support the long-term sustainability of the group. Our bilateral strategic alliance with Delta remains a priority, and we firmly believe that it still promises to offer customers the leading travel experience and connectivity throughout the Americas. So Delta invested in LATAM in September of 2019, and on Delta's news website, they stated that they have made many milestone achievements regarding customer benefits, such as co-chair agreements between the two airlines affiliates, frequent flyer benefits, smoother connections at hub airports, 
and mutual long axis. The LATAM and Delta partnership is pretty amazing for Delta and SkyTeam passengers. However, American Airlines and One World passengers have truly been hit hard. It will be interesting to see American Airlines' next step in South America, especially with the current COVID-19 crisis. Uh, thank you, Tejas, for your truly uh, insightful information and next repatriation flights from all over the globe. Many countries have been operating repatriation flights from all over the globe, including the United States. Recently, Pakistan International Airlines, which usually doesn't fly to the United States, flew to Washington Dulles to pick up Pakistani citizens and fly them back to their home country. In the coming days, Pakistan International Airlines will fly to uh, Newark. And also, Vietnam Airlines has operated its first flights to the U.S. It operated flights to San Francisco on May 7th. And there are a lot of, and it came with much fanfare from the San Francisco community. So... Shout out to uh, Arkin, he was there. And uh, it also came to Washington Dulles National Airport on May 15th, with much fanfare also. It came with the Boeing 787-10, which is a really beautiful aircraft uh, spot. And there's also many other repatriation flights, for example, Air India, which will be another article coming out in the next couple of days. Next, we'll shift to the Delta 777 retirement. Now, we know that Delta planes retired their MD-80 and MD-90 fleet uh, in early June, but, but according to multiple sources, they retired their 777 as well. And with that, we go to Daniel. Delta has announced recently that they will be retiring their MD-80s. Many airlines are doing so, with American retiring theirs last year in September. With coronavirus, many airlines are retiring their aircraft. American Airlines has retired their 757s and 767s, but Delta has announced that they will retire their triple sevens as well. Currently, Delta has a fleet of 18 triple seven 200s, 10 of which being the LR or long range variant. Delta operates these aircraft mainly on long haul routes from its hubs in Atlanta and Los Angeles. Delta first received its triple seven in 1999, marking almost 21 years of service for the airliner. Previously, these triple sevens have received costly refurbishments starting in 2018. These refurbishments included 28 new Delta One suites and 48 premium select suites, the equivalent of a premium economy. Product. Delta Airlines claims they made this decision in order to, quote, accelerate the airline strategy for simplifying and modernizing their fleet while continue to operate newer, more cost-efficient aircraft. Additionally, Ed Bastian points to the fact that Delta is burning through 50 million U.S. dollars of cash daily, and parking the fleet would provide significant cash savings. Recently, Delta has been receiving more of the Airbus A350-900 and A330neo aircraft. These aircraft, being more modern, are much more fuel efficient, saving lots of money for the carrier. According to Delta, the A350-900 burns, quote, 21% less fuel per seat as opposed to the 777. Furthermore, these aircraft can be easily equipped with Delta's new Delta One suites upon delivery, saving money for the carrier. A Boeing 777, on the other hand, must be sent to a special hangar for a retrofit, an operation that could cost the airline up to millions of dollars. So with that, Delta plans to retire their aircraft by the end of 2020. On Friday, May 22nd, 2020, another aviation disaster occurred when a Pakistan International Airlines A320 crashed into a Karachi neighborhood in Pakistan. The plane had 99 people on it and crashed less than a kilometer from the airport. It landed in the middle of a densely populated neighborhood with its tail hitting a building. Although it is not clear what has caused the crash, PIA CEO Ashad Malik confirmed with local media that the plane had been cleared to land. 
by a technical issue forced them to perform additional moving maneuvers before attempting it. So far, around 75 casualties have been confirmed, although it is not clear if all those were passengers on the aircraft. Due to the fact that the crash occurred in the middle of a densely populated neighborhood, several homes and other properties were severely damaged in the wreckage. Three passengers have survived, and it is unknown if that number will go up at this time. Pakistan had only resumed flights last week after shutting down its air travel due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Next, we go over the top 10 airports in the world for plane spotting. Note that these are not in any particular order, so if you see your airport ranked lower than another, then it doesn't mean anything. The first airport is London Heathrow International Airport, the home of British Airways and T. London Heathrow is home to many heavies from all around the world. Its famous Myrtle Avenue is an iconic place to watch all sorts of aircraft, from narrow bodies to heavies, land right over your head. Number two is Princess Juliana International Airport. And while there are no princesses here, the airport showcases the famous Maho Beach, also known as Airplane Beach, with an up-close view of aircraft landing and taking off. Next up is Phuket International Airport, the SXM of the East. Phuket is sometimes debated better than St. Martin with an influx of cool Asian jets. Phuket has the beautiful beach like St. Martin with a nice jungle spot, which lets you get close-up views of the planes. Number four is Los Angeles International Airport, LAX. LAX has many great spots for spotting, from eating a burger at In-N-Out and watching planes fly by to the iconic Imperial Hill. LAX has lots to offer. It has lots of variety in Asian, European, and big presences with all large three U.S. carriers. Next up is Amsterdam International Airport. Amsterdam is characterized by its famous spot, the Polderbahn. Among others, it is the home of the Holland-Dutch carrier KLM. Number six is Toronto Pearson International Airport. A great place to watch aircraft come from all over the world. YYZ offers fantastic views from many different angles. It is also easily accessible with the Pearson Express taking spotters right to the terminal. From there, it's not hard to get to many spots. In addition, there is many aircraft such as Air Canada, Air Transat, and more. Number seven is Hong Kong National Airport. Hong Kong. Hong Kong has many spots, such as the mountain. Hong Kong is a diverse airport with many forms of traffic, including its home carry, Cafe Pacific. Additionally, it handles all sorts of cargo traffic. This mountain spot to its great terminal spotting. Hong Kong is a premier gateway if you want to go spot. Next up is Skiathos International Airport. Skiathos is the European SXM with a more exhilarating view of aircraft than St. Martin, with a main road passing right in front of the threshold of the runway. Commercial aircraft land right over your head. So close it seems like you can jump up and touch them. Number nine is John F. Kennedy International Airport, one of the world's largest and most well-known airports. The airport regularly has flights from every continent except Antarctica. There are many different spots that can be reached by car public transportation, such as the TWA Hotel, a beautiful hotel. And I mean, yeah, it's truly a great place to spot. Number 10 is Singapore Changi International Airport. Rated the best airport eight times in a row. The airport additionally has great spotting courtesy of its flag carrier, Singapore Airlines. It has a variety of airlines from Australia to Asian carriers to European carriers to African carriers. It has it all. That, that was some great information by Kyle and I about the best spotting airports in the world. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to us and check out our website, theexplorerbug.com, for daily content publications on aviation news and photography. As always, peace out and see you in the next podcast.